And hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always is Brian Cookson who is a huge fan of women's cycling, loves it like crazy, and another rabid women's cycling fan, Pat McQuaid. Joining us on the show is uh, a new guest, first time contributor, calling in all the way from sunny England. Uh, hello Sarah, how are you? Hello, I'm fine. So, Brian, what's been your most interesting thing about women's cycling this week? Um, um, women ride bikes, and they're really interesting at riding bikes, and sometimes one of them wins. And, Pat, what's been your best moments? Uh, when the Women's Federation of Ireland uh, nominated me to be the king of the UCI. Excellent. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, yeah, sorry, that was unscripted role play, and I didn't even bother doing, you know, attempting accents because Sarah's made me really, really self-conscious about oh, my on. terrible you, British you, accent. I was enjoying your terrible British Brian Cookson accent. I didn't even attempt it, dear God. And I was really hoping I'd hear your terrible Irish accent too. But yeah, yeah, no, sorry, sorry. Sometimes I've got to be really motivated for that. Awful. Sorry. Sometimes you're not completely awful. Oh, right. <laughs> Quick, someone write that down. I want it on my tombstone. <laughs> Here lies Dan. Sometimes he wasn't completely awful. <laughs> yeah. And we and... are... So much racing, Daniel. So, so, so much racing. I know. Mad there's not week. really... There's barely enough time for petty squabbling, so I don't know how we're going to carry the show, but... Um... <laughs> I know. Let's try it anyway. Well, weirdly enough, it, it, there's this weird thing that happens with the season where, you know, the, the season is almost, in a way, as it were, bookended by, you know, arguably my favourite cycling country in the world, Belgium. Mm -hmm. All those cobbles, all that beer. Oh, Belgium, I love you. So, you know, um, I've been really excited by the the racing that's been going on in the Tour of Belgium this week. Yes, it's been. Uh, this is the last uh, round of the Lotto Cycling Cup, which is a which is a season long series of Belgian races. Interestingly, only Belgians are allowed. To, although you get points for you know your different races throughout the Lotto Cycling Cup races, um, only Belgians actually score towards winning the series, which I think is you know it guarantees a Belgian winner. It is one way to, to structure an event to, to be ensuring that uh, the home crowd gets the winner that they want. Definitely. Yes. Um, I, I Related to that, though, I found it really interesting because, you know, it's also a race where um, the Aussies have done pretty well. Uh, you know, we've had a, had a good old week of it, so... You have had a good week. Well, well, there's been two stage races this week: um, the Trophée d'Or in France and the Lotto Bel Lotto Belisol Belgium Cup, uh, Lotto Lotto Belisol Tour of Belgium. And yeah, this race. So it's the it's the only stage race in the series, and it started off as a day race a couple of years ago, and then it became the Lotto Deca Tour last year when it was two three stages. This year it's four stages: a team time trial, two it's sprinty stages, and then going one of those lovely, lovely, lovely routes, laps, massive Belgian climbs, massive Belgian climbs, two times over the Capel Moor, yes. Well, two Cobble. times two times Cobble. in one direction, like a million times in the other direction, it was it was crazy. It was just, that, that whole stage was just loops um, of, of quintessentially famous climbs. Um, 
the the other thing I was going to say was I, I love also that this continues to uphold our theory, and I'm kind of proud of us for for figuring this out this year that that women's racing is actually just slowly building into a season long stage race because they just keep adding a day. Everyone's just adding a day. It's it's yeah. brilliant, brilliant, genius yeah. work. Mm. And it's also filmed by your favourite people, Motor Media Tour, the Motor Media team, the fantastic Belgian, we like riding our motorbikes and we like cycling and we like filming things. Let's film races. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a terrible, terrible job. I mean, honestly, if, if I found out those guys were hiring and I could, um, you know, meet the visa requirements, I think I would just move to Belgium straight away. Oh, mm. riding motorbikes, recording races, drinking Belgian beer at night. Mm. Happy Dan, happy, happy Dan. So yeah, um, Lotto so the first stage, team time trial. What happens, Daniel, when the women's peloton races a team time trial? Uh, well, it what what happens is basically that it comes down to, well... Yeah. You know what, it used to come down to like one or two teams, and now I think it's fair to say that there are reasonably, you know, I, I reckon the four or five teams in, in regular contention. So, <laughs> What happens when the women's when the women's peloton races a TTT? Is that specialised Lululemon win? Oh, right, sorry. I thought you were going into a longer story. Uh, okay, cool. This is the hard part about us not really being able to edit anymore, is that I could go back, I'd, I'd be able to go, oh, so that's what you were driving towards. So, and, and make it seem like we were reading each other's minds when um, I was staring into space just in the back of my head going, what the fuck does she want me to say? So, <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, but yes, you're right, that's what happens. <laughs> I specialise in Lululemon. Uh. <laughs> I'm the worst, worst mind reader ever. Uh. What am I thinking now? Shut up, Daniel, and let's talk about the race. <laughs> no! <laughs> well, that's what you should have been thinking. It's certainly what I was yeah, thinking. So Stage one was a team time trial. It's only 19 kilometres, so there wasn't time for like um, massive, massive, massive lead-ups. Stages two and three were, oh, they were just basically sprint races, and they were, you know, circuit circuit races, um, loops, uh, cobbles, hard racing. Kirsten Veeld. Yep, I remember Kirsten Veeld. Kirsten, we missed you when you broke your shoulder and were out for a while. We're super happy. We imagine that you have the Bowls Ladies Tour as one of your big goals of the season next week. But yes, Kirsten was definitely putting down a marker of, of yes, Georgia Bronzini may have won six sprint stages in a row at the... Um... At Brittany. Britain? Yes. No. No. At the um... race the other day... <laughs> Jesus, this is embarrassing. Route de France. That's the um, one. But, but when it comes down, but Kirsten wasn't there. Oh, be afraid, all other sprinters. Be very afraid. So Kirsten, two stages, um, clocking up her extra bonifications for winning the for for you know for winning, but. All coming, and at that point, specialised Lululemons, Lisa Brunauer was leading the GC just a couple of seconds ahead of her teammate, Ellen Van Dyke, and then 
ahead of Emma Johansson. Mm. And then it was the final stage. Cobbles, climbs, Kappelmoor. Oh, yes, we love it. And yeah, and this one was really interesting because Orica were doing everything they could to try and shake off Van Dyke and yeah, the special officer. Yeah. They, could take, they could take the GC, but they could not manage it. But they were smashing the shit out of the peloton in the, in the last kilometres, like just riding so aggressively. And, and as you say, doing absolutely everything to just try and knock it loose. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, but then Gracie Elvin, who'd been on the podium the day before and was super excited about that, thought that she was leading at Emma Johansson. But as they climbed up the climb, according to their Orica race report, Emma dropped back a little bit. Gracie won her first ever European win. Hurrah, Gracie! Um, no, as sorry, as much as Nettie. I love Gracie, it was Nettie Edmondson. It was who, Nettie. Oh my yeah. god. Edit, mm. edit, uh, edit that out. <laughs> oh, no, no, I can't because that's actually the first time in two years that I've corrected you on something Nettie to Edmondson. do with the race. Nettie Edmondson is, um, yeah. if you if you follow the track, watching Nettie, um, especially race Laura Trott in the Omnium. She's been, uh, mm. she's a, she's an Omnium uh, world champion medalist. She's really super fantastically. Another young, you know, very young Australian rider, superb, so much fun to watch. And watching her on the road this year has been interesting, but this was Nettie's, not Gracie, God, <laughs> shoot me in the head someone. This was Nettie's first European win, and yeah. yeah and it was delighted a, it, it, for her. Nettie is, like, as you say, she's she's definitely an up-and-coming star track, and, and now she's finding her way on the road, which is great. Um, she's a really sweet, you know, friendly nice young young lady as well but um uh i think i really loved reading the the race report because um the quote from her was was just really really cool how you know they'd ridden so hard in the final and obviously the plan was to try and lead emma out and and all of that and she was racing into into the finale and she realized that she'd got a bit of a gap and then um she's like you know, saying that Emma soft pedaled for just a second and she knew exactly what she meant, you know, what she was thinking when she did it. And so she took off and, um, and you know, it all just sort of came together and it was just one of those weird things because she'd been, she'd been hoping that she'd get a shot at the previous day stage being a sprint stage. And, um, and then she wound up, you know, winning under these circumstances, crazy and cool and fun. So, yeah. Hurrah. Um, but Ellen, Ellen was right behind them mm. and took the GC from Lisa Brunauer. I mean, Lisa, she's such a lovely team player, Lisa, and she's not the cobbled, she's not got the cobbled diesel engine that, um, that Ellen Van Dyke has. And you just know that she'll have been super happy to hand over the jersey to her teammates because that's how specialised Lululemon role. So yeah, Ellen, when Ellen first in GC, uh, Lisa Brunauer second, and Emma Johansson in third. Mm, mm. But while Emma Johansson may not have won this race she has done something pretty spectacular this week she really has um and not just this week i mean technically she's done something pretty spectacular for the last six years yes which but what you know done, well it, what she's done this year this week is they've announced the most recent uci rankings and Mariana Voss is not at the top of the UCI rankings for the first time in six years. Mm, yeah, so she's she's held that top slot 
um, since 2007. And, uh, I mean, we've, we've commented regularly, almost weekly, on what an amazing season Emma's having um, and, and how well she's been riding. But, holy shit, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's you know a certain amount of it that can be attributed to Mariana's um, unusual. Well, I don't know if unusual is the right word, but but varied from the usual uh, race calendar for the year. But yeah, still an impressive yeah, achievement. Yeah, Voss. I mean, Voss has had. She's she's had a deliberately. She's she's obviously they've obviously planned ahead and looked at how it feels to be post-Olympic, you know, in the post-Olympic year for someone like Voss, who, you know, Olympic and world champion. And she's raced a lot of mountain bike this year. And she hasn't, and she's targeted her races very carefully. You know, it's been things like the Ronde van Vlaanderen, which she's never won before. She's targeted the um, Road World Cup series. Um, she she went, you know, she, she's, and she's been having a lot of time off playing mountain bikes, um, which is great. But yeah, um, and 10 points to Emma, though, because, you know, she has also risen the county season. She didn't go in for the Giro Rosa and instead won the Turingen Rundfahrt a couple mm. of weeks later. And, yeah, um, congratulations. Congratulations, Orica. So, yeah, um, on our blog, prowomenscycling.com, I put a separate post up with all the videos and links to the Lotto Bellasol tour, Belgium tour, because, you know, it's just it's really good you should definitely watch the videos um definitely click through to the race and give them some love because they did a really ace job of of helping us follow it and yeah it's a great race long may it last cool long indeed may it add more days add more days every race Mm. yes um at the same time there's the trophée d'or in france now I suppose I should be quite happy because up until I think it was last year, the Trophy Door was famous for not even having a website. Yeah, I, I do remember this being a, a consistent theme in our conversations. Somewhere along the lines of, uh, well, uh, I guess in in the sense that it it's, it seems to be to you much as the um, the the coverage of this year's Flesh Volon is to me, <laughs> the kind of consistent truth that just reduces you to muttering. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's a thing about the French races. It's interesting because this weekend is GP Plouet, the final round of the Road World Cup, and GP Plouet is fantastic. It's on TV, it's streamed, it's got an amazing website. But in general, the French races, I'm very sorry to say, I don't know. I think they're basically run by teams of elderly volunteers who don't quite understand the <laughs> of an international audience. So what you're saying is that French race websites are put together by volunteers at the library from the retirement home. <laughs> they're on day release. They have nothing else to do. You, you said it, dear, not me. <laughs> I just read your mind. <laughs> uh, I mean... It's a shame because it seems like it's, I mean, it's been terrible, terrible weather, but it's been a really interesting competition. And, and it's basically been a competition between Mariana Voss and Georgia Bronzini for the sprinting. And, you know, Voss isn't riding the Holland Ladies Tour next, next week, but Voss is definitely getting ready for Worlds. And yeah, um, from what I can tell, there's, it's rained and it's been really good racing, but holy shit. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, the, the the lovely woman behind Villanova. Which, there are two great French women's cycling sites. There's Le Blog de Gwena, which Gwena's just always been the queen of French racing. And there's the new site that started this year, Villanova. And they do very different things, and they're friendly with each other, and they're great, and they share things. Anyway, um, Clock has found the uh, a, a tiny piece of video 
from the trophy door. No. No. Yes. You're making yes. it up. Two minutes of someone, I think it's basically someone riding alongside the peloton and filming them. But what you're telling me is that right now, there exists in this actual universe, not an alternative universe, not a different timeline, in this reality that we share, more video for the trophy door than for the fucking women's flesh will on. No, 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 no. There's more video from the flesh will on because they had the fifth. They had the five minutes of um, of UCI video, and they had some on sports. Sir, so I'm not having okay. that. Okay, okay, okay. I'll just pack the rage down again and save it for when I need it. But yes, exactly. Keep it happy. Keep it. Mm. Keep it simmering, Dan. Mm. So yeah, trophy door. Cool. Um, Mariana Voss is leading. It's the final stage today. Voss won the stage one sprint. Then she won the stage two ITT. It was only seventeen point eight kilometers. Voss generally isn't. Um, I mean, yeah. she came top ten in the world in the um, in, in the two thousand and eleven World ITT World Championships, but it's not. It's, it's not necessarily her. Yeah, her, like you wouldn't call it her, one of her core disciplines, you know. No, and I'd never. I mean, and and ten points to her for, for you know for winning it, but you know, I mean, she's not. There weren't Emma, Ellen Van Dyke and Abby Stevens weren't there, for example. <laughs> but you know, um, then in stage three, Anastasia Cholkova, um, a, a, a Russian rider. Um, Went out solo and won the stage solo with Voss and Bronzini fighting for second. Voss won. Uh, stage four, Voss won. And stage five was won by young Australian Amy Cure. Well done, Amy. Um, so, yes, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. Uh, yeah. With Megan Garnier in, Garnier in second and Anastasia Chalkova in third. And they actually won out of a small uh, group of, I'd say, seven riders who basically had escaped and got away. With Mariana Voss winning the sprint for eighth from the bunch. Not shabby at all. No, not indeed. So Voss, I assume, is going to win. Um, yeah, I mean, ugh, I don't know. I really, really try to support every single race. But, you know, we've basically got a couple of stage pictures from Corvos. Bart Hazen is out there with Wiggle, doing his promo work for Wiggle Honda. So he's tweeting, um, you know, and there, there's like reports, stage reports on the Wiggle Honda website when they do well. And yeah, um, but ugh, I mean... If you were going to choose one race to keep this week, it would be the Lotto Lotto Belgium Tour, hands down. Mm, mm. Right, but we're not we're not actually advocating for any races to go away. We're just saying if no. if you had to, if you had to yes. choose. But yes, yes. but mm. what I wanted to compare this to was in Australia. There's been the latest round of the national National Road Series, which yep. is the South Under Tour of the King Valley. Um, I couldn't pronounce where it came from, where it is based, so I was hoping you knew. Oh, jeez. I'm going to have to look up the spelling now. Thanks for, for letting me know ahead of time that I'd have to do this. Oh, I just thought you are Australian. You know, Australia's a small country. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> know about these Australianisms and Australian things. Right. Pick two continents, put them together, and that's Australia. What? Uh, Antarctica and, and Asia? bastard <laughs> <laughs> South, South America and Africa <laughs> uh, all right. 
Anyway, the Samaranda Tour. Now, we've said this before about Cycling Australia and their National Road Series. And they don't just do this for the women's racing, but it's brilliant what they do, which is they send out someone with a camera to ask some questions. And they basically have these little videos where it's not so much commentated by the, you know, it's it's, it's, comment, it's actually tell, it gets the riders to tell the story of the race. Yes. Uh, a lot. Sorry. I've now caught up. Um, I completely had blanked on it. It's a small Victorian town by the name of Wangaratta. 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 Um, When I've taught people from overseas how to pronounce it correctly, I've told them the simplest way to do it is to think of it as a man's name, first name and last name, Wayne Garatta. Wayne Garatta. And then say it faster. Wayne Garatta. Wayne Garatta. Wayne Garatta. Wayne Garatta. No, no, don't take him out. Just slur him into one long consonant that just bubbles around the the vowels. Wayne Garatta. Wayne Garatta. There you go. You're getting close. Getting close. Wayne Garatta. Now, Wayne Garatta. now stop opening your mouth so much because flies might go into it. Wayne Garatta. Wayne Garatta. You're getting there. Getting there. I'll have you. T- I'll have you talking Australian eventually. I'll teach you how to talk Australian good, eh? Yeah, so it's a four-stage race. Um, I think it's over three days. It had, you know, with um, oh, did you did you watch the video? Because one of the they they didn't just go over some climbs; they went over some dirt climbs. Well, yeah, because that's like Australia. But it's a lovely race, and I mean, these videos are so interesting. They just. They're really good at telling the stories. They're really good at showing off the riders. Um, yeah, great race. Catherine Garfoot of Pensar um, won the won the overall uh, GC. Um, she and her teammate Ruth Corset had basically um, dominated it. And ahead of Felicity Wardlaw of I can't remember your team, Felicity. But this is what happens when we don't edit. But yeah, really interesting videos and a really really interesting way to see how the the Australian Federation deals with this. And if you're in Australia, there was um, clips of the race shown every day on SBS. And on the first of September, they're having a, a, a I think it's half an hour. Yeah, yeah, like half an hour of highlights, uh, I I believe. But I, uh, let me double check that, and um, and I'll put a, a line in the post for the podcast, um, just yeah. to be sure. But uh, yeah, it, it's one of the things actually that I've been really interested about since I think you and I have been talking more over the last year or so about um, not just you know racing itself, but also how we think racing can grow and develop and the the roles of federations. And obviously, when yeah. we're talking top level, we're, we're mostly talking UCI, which is kind of where this really started. But it's really interesting to me to see here in my home country, um, you know, a series like the National Road Series um, continue to grow and do well and, and how it, it interacts with the, the Australian Federation. And... Um, and yeah, just just to see, as you say, they they you know do a lot of. Um, I, I don't want to sound like I'm diminishing anything that they do, but they take a lot of um, smaller and simpler items, and and use all of them to the best of their ability to create a really solid picture, not just of the race, but as you say, the personalities and riders and and the you know the landscape as a character as well, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they make they make Australia. I mean, Australia's always looks stunning anyway you know you grew up in England and you've pretty much grown up watching Neighbours and Home and Away and just being in love with us you know being in love with Australia 
Um, but it's just, yeah, it's really, and it, and not just not just the landscape, but the different landscapes. Mm. You know, they show that they really. It's a really clever thing. And, you know, here I am in Britain. This is the Australian domestic, se- you know, the Australian domestic season. And I'm probably more, I'm, I know more about what's happened than, than I do about the British National Road, you know, the British Road Series for Women. But Sarah, Brian Cookson's done so much for women's cycling and via his time at British Cycling. Everybody knows he's the right choice. Yeah, Brian, Brian, how would you like to comment on that? Uh, yes, well, as a as a strong uh, believer in uh, women who ride bikes and sometimes win at that, I I think more women should ride bikes, um, but the time isn't necessarily right for them to to make money while they ride their bikes. They should probably stick to sewing and and knitting in their spare time and sell those things to pay for bikes. Thank you. Yes, mm. I mean it is. I mean, speaking of British cycling in Britain, one, one of the things I really liked this week was actually seeing, you know, we talked last week about Stefan Wyman and, and the, you know, the, his, his vision for the future. Mm. And there's another, um, another British team, the um, Epic Cycles Scots team. No, sorry, I've got it the wrong way around. I apologise. It's all on our blog. It's basically what used to be the Scott Contessa team. Okay. Yep. The epic, epic, epic cycles, cycles. Scott is the is is the is is the is the team. And for the last couple of years, they've been a small development team, um, basically looking at first and second year juniors in Britain. And for 2014, they're taking a big step up. And what they did, which I really loved, was on their Facebook page, they published their manifesto. Oh, cool. Of, what they want to do next year, what their aims are, and they put a call out for riders to send their CVs into them if they're interested in riding. And that's just, it's just a really good thing. It's, it's so interesting. It's kind of saying, look, we're professional. You know, we're, they, it kind of, their, manif- their manifesto in inverted commas has, you know, it has, it has the small, it has the little introduction about what they've done so far, how mm. they're going to change, what they're going to provide riders. And if you'd like to get involved, send your CV in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is one of the really interesting things, and I probably didn't, uh, you know, say this or or didn't say it very well last week. But I think one of the things that I love most about, um, you know, Steph's uh, thing, and and now hearing about this manifesto as well, is that um, I kind of like this idea of, I guess, I'll call it for a better, one of a better term, radical transparency. You know, that, yeah. that there are teams and, and team managers who are willing to actually stick their necks out and go, you know what, we might not be perfect and we might not achieve everything that we set out to, but fuck it, this is what we're about and this is what we're trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, we, we won't ever be shy or apologize for making an honest effort to, to really improve the quality of the sport overall. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it's one of the things that, yeah, uh, I guess this is this is the kind of thing I meant, you know, when when last year I started saying stuff like "fuck it, we'll build it ourselves," meaning you know, the, the people involved in women's cycling, you know, instead of sitting around waiting for for change, you know, that we would collectively start to find ways to to pull at the corners of the whole thing and and just drag the sport kicking and screaming forward. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and it's really cool just seeing that start to happen. And yeah, yeah. I love that idea. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, 
But it's also, I mean, this is where I really, really admire Australia because, you know, we talk all the time, I mean, you know, we, we talk a lot about the cycling, about Cycling Victoria's work, but, you know, Cycling Australia's work, their website, their involvement in, you know, at the moment they've got a young Australian team, which, you know, which is Amy Cure's riding for in mm. Trophy Door, which is basically their, you know, their young riders and riders who have been tracky, you know, been, been trackies or not, or for one reason or another, you know, can't can't you know can't aren't, aren't at the stage to ride a full season whether that's because they've got other commitments or whether that's because they're not at that level yet yep and then they've got the links with orica ais i mean and you know as we said look how that's done mm. amazing you know they're giving riders like netty and gracie too she's lovely sorry gracie sorry netty um but they're giving riders like netty the experience on the roads to and it's just it's just fantastic yep. everything from their basic how do we get more people riding women on their bikes so let's really develop a buzz around around the around the women's race, you know, around women's racing on a national level. Abs- absolutely, too. and one of the interesting things to me about that is that they're actually going end to end on the the SBS cycling show, which we occasionally mention, um, you know, when when they're t- discussing something to do with women's cycling. But last week, um, one of the things that they were talking about was the the Cycling Australia Athletes Commission, which was a new innovation i guess um you know established at the end of last year start of this year where they've got a bunch of uh, elite cyclists um men and women who have formed a an athletes commission to have direct input into um cycling australia as the governing body as to what the riders themselves want and need from the federation which i think is a really smart thing but one of the key things that they've come up with this year which i found really interesting and they were talking about on the show is um, they're looking at developing a mentoring program between past and present elite riders and up-and-comers to strengthen that relationship at both ends of the sport. So, you know, as you say, they they already do a lot for young riders, but one of the really interesting things to me is that the the Athletes Commission went, hey, we've noticed there's a massive drop-off when riders retire. (laughs) And and, and if they don't become a coach or, or something like that, you know, a lot of them just basically fall out of the sport, and and as a as a federation, we lose huge amounts of knowledge and experience, and yeah. let's not do that. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's I'm 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 hugely into this. I mean, I, my my personal theory is that you know when riders retire, there should be someone from you know from I mean ideally it'd be from the UCI, but if not UCI, the Fed to to go to right to go to them and say hey. You know, what's your, you know, someone like Judith Arndt or Vicky and Vicky Whitelaw, when they retired last year, they've been around this, or, or Martina Brass this year. Mm-hmm. They've all, Adi Albershart, who's a very young American rider who retired this year. They're talking about, so what was it that made you retire? Okay, well, you know, with Judith, you've got to a certain age. With Vicky, she wanted to start a family. But Adi, you know, why when you're like 19 or 20, have you, have you retired already? Yep. What is it that you've known about the sport? What could have made your journey better? What can we learn from? Hmm. And in the same way, I think we should be doing this when races disappear. You know, what was it that made you, you know, have almost have a yearly questionnaire for racers about what is it that you need help with? But if a race is Honestly, going, I think it. I absolutely agree. But I, I mean, that's, that's one of the things, you know, and now we're, we're jumping around a bit, but that I find amazing isn't part of the UCI registration process that, yeah. that we review 
the the most recent edition of your race before we approve the the next one? <laughs> oh, and my God, I know. And then you actually look at it, and and so a race like Languedoc Roussillon, yep, where it cancelled at the last moment last year, and then it had the complete debacle this year. Mm. Or you know, a race where you're supposed to provide, um, you know, one of the UCI got, um, recommend things is that you're supposed to provide timely information about the races. Well, yep. you know. We've scrambled for information for all sorts of races this year, and I just think, you know, it should be and and that kind of but that kind of review actually looking at it and saying, oh my god, Energy Water, what went well this year? That was brilliant. What 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 contributed it? What can we learn to share that with other races? Exactly. You know, if if all the French races are run by, you know, um, a bunch of a bunch of older people who are you know who have who've got very specific skills. What have other races done to ensure that they're not, you know, to ensure that they are like taking advantage of as of as much skills as possible? And it's, and also, yeah. what sort of regional, um, you know, uh, capabilities and skills are available that they could be taking advantage of? You know, like when when you look at, um, you know, I. I I mean, I, I use here because I'm more familiar with it, but when you use, like, Oceania as an example, and you look at uh, Australia, obviously we have the largest federation in our region. So, you know, maybe that means that Cycling Australia, I, I don't actually know this, but maybe that means that they have a full-time PR person anyway. So how about every race in the region sends an email every day with the report of the race and that person publishes it on the internet, you know, and, and why yeah. can't we do that for these French races? Why isn't there just a, a representative for, you know, French racing or, or something like that? You know, it, exactly. There's so many, so many little things that could be done that would yield huge, uh, gains in coverage and information and, and support for races over, over a reasonably short amount of time. I find it amazing. Yeah. Um, once again, Brian Cookson, once your, your hand shook and nodded into the position, call Sarah and I. We've got ideas. But also, I mean, what I do think is interesting, and this is why, I mean, you know, I know that she said that there's no way that she'd stand this year, but, you know, Tracy Gordry, what would be fascinating is if she, if she, is, is what, is if she can take the learning from Australia and, and from the Oceania, because, you know, she said in the interview that we, that we saw on, on the Tour Prologue, a couple of, you know, yep. in, in the middle of the Tour de France, she was talking about the issues about, about Oceania, you know, the, the massive differences in facilities. In, you know, in some countries, it's literally, some of the Oceania countries, it's literally a case of providing bikes. Yep, yep, yep. You know, and, uh, and that'll be interesting if she can carry some of that learning. Mm. up into the UCI you know obviously I want Tracy Gordry for president but if she can carry some <laughs> of that learning there and some of the innovation that they can demonstrate and she'll also know how much it costs as well mm. so when they say oh no it's far too expensive to do this she can say well I did it yeah yeah and I'm pretty fucking sure it costs a lot more to to go to races like in Tasmania and Victoria and Queensland to film the, you know, to to film the national, the Australian national road series, than it would do to to, to poodle around Europe. Uh, yes, I can testify to that fact. It does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mm. yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that was um, that's a long w w yay Australia basically. <laughs> Advance yeah. Australia but, but, but then, you know, in balance, every animal here wants to kill you. So <laughs> it's got its oh, ups no, and downs. Yeah, but in balance to that, they're so goddamn tasty. <laughs> You've got some... I mean, You're I a don't... vegetarian. How would you know? 
I eat shellfish and fish, and uh, having watched Australian MasterChef, I've got to tell you, if I ever, ever get to Australia, my entire budget for the holiday is going to go on bugs, soft-shell crabs, gigantic prawns, amazing seafood, amazing vegetables. Oh, I've just basically got to save for about five years so I can just stuff my face on. Oh, Zumba macarons. Um, yeah. Well, I, <sighs> won't, I won't be giving you access to any of those things until you agree to eat some kangaroo. Oh, I, I don't need to stay with you. <laughs> I mean, I know your Bondi beach pad has got great views and all that, but, you know, I don't even have to see you. Great views of British backpackers passed out drunk on the beach. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I don't even have to see you. Dan doesn't really live on Bondi beach. <laughs> no sane person does. Okay. Mm. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think Dan even has ocean views. Um, not from not from my place. I mean, I've got I've got limited harbour views from the rooftop. I've got a great view of the Harbour Bridge. Excellent. Mm. So, so New Year's Eve, the fireworks bang. It's pretty good. Ah, well, so yeah, basically what I'm saying is, while the Australian animals may all try to kill me, I hope to get there first and eat them before they can. <laughs> Well, if you're not going to eat the kangaroos, they will definitely, definitely take you down long before you've had your fill of shellfish. Uh, yes, and of course, well, getting the shellfish means you've got to dodge the sharks and the blue ring octopi and, you know, everything else. So, I, You know yeah. what? I think the risk is worth it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. So we've had video, we've had... Oh, the other video this week is if you haven't seen it already, if you're in the UK, so SBS is geo-restricted to Australians. Um, in the UK, we've had the final episode of the cycling, the cycling show, which is the, the British cycling magazine yeah. program that I... ITV4? ITV4? ITV4, yep. and um, it, this week it had Rachel Atherton and G Atherton, the downhill gods of the season. Which one, which gods are they? They're, um, well, I'd say Rachel, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, good question. Oh, I'm going to have to think about that one. Well, okay, while you think about that, just which, which, um, more, more, uh, which mythology are we, are we, uh, Working within Greek, Roman, oh, Norse, Indian. I was, I, was going, I was going for Greek, I think. Okay, okay. But maybe they should be Vikings. They're downhill. They're completely crazy. Um, yeah, I'll go for Greek mythology. Okay, okay. Any closer to knowing who they are, or should we move on? No, no. But um, if anyone has an idea, send them in. But the cycle show is archived on the ITV player. If you are in Britain or your computer can think it is, then you can go and see it for another month. Go and watch it. It's got all sorts of good things, but especially the Athertons. The Athertons are especially in the news because this week it's the Mountain Bike World Championships in Peter Maritzburg in South Africa. Oh, cool. Mountain bike world champs. I have now. I did put a post on how to follow this on our website, and unfortunately, I was doing my maths for the time conversions on my fingers and counting backwards. <laughs> However, so what I'm saying is, don't trust them. But they all seem to be on at sensible times for Australia, Dan. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, not entirely out of the question. It, it it may actually be possible that they're on at sensible times for Australia. Certainly, if you're on the west coast of Australia, African times are generally very, very amenable. 
Yes, but it's the World Championships. Um, hurrah, 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 hurrah. Can Rach Atherton and G Atherton win the double? I hope so, but I'm just going to be delighted ever since. Um, I, you can follow them live and also on, our, on the post, I've, they've got some great helmet cam of helmet cam of the courses that they're riding on. Now, they did these helmet cams before the courses were 100% ready. And my favourite one is watching the downhill one because it, at part, it looks like he's just basically heading towards a bunch of trees very fast. Downhill! <laughs> Yes, yeah, and there's that there's that beautiful sort of thing too with um with helmet cams where because they're they're mounted but they're they're mounted in a fixed position on the helmet, so they look where the helmet looks, but that's yeah. not necessarily where the rider's looking. Um because eyes being way more flexible than helmets and, and science. Yes. Um but it means that, you know, they can you know, our pilot or rider in this circumstance can be planning their sharp turn to the right, thereby, you know, dodging imminent and inevitable death. But it doesn't fucking look like it. <laughs> no, and my favourite part was he did a jump and oh I've just jumped over a car, cool. <laughs> as as you do. Like yeah. And um yeah, um, I did actually send down a picture of what happens when helmet can goes bad from G. Atherton. <laughs> well, uh, the picture and the video, I think, you know, yeah. Yeah, the video, it was, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a man, so I couldn't quite appreciate the full um, enormity of what I was watching, but oh my god, <laughs> he was riding at Monson Tan, and it well, starts out as this race at this as this run down the course. Happy, 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 happy. Then he suddenly flies off the track, crashes into a tree, and I don't think he was well. I, I think his gentleman's area may have suffered some damage. <laughs> it's certainly certainly from the the two minutes of groaning slash vomiting. <laughs> afterwards uh does seem to seem to have been the case it's one of those interesting things that vaguely falls into that that nebulous area of of the the difference between the genders where men will never really fully understand or appreciate the agony of childbirth um and and women will never fully appreciate or understand the the agony of of smashing your your man plums on the the top tube at high speed <laughs> yeah i just no! I just wanted to say something that would make you gasp in, in shock and outrage, so that worked. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, women do have it worse. Also, I may have rendered an entire species of fruit inedible for Sarah, which is awesome. Well, what I was wondering is, you know that you basically dry plums to make prunes. <laughs> well, that's what old man plums are. Uh oh! Oh, I won't. Oh, I mean, speaking of injuries and illness, it's been there's been quite a lot of stuff this week about it. Um, there's uh, been Aussie some, rider, some amazing stuff. Rider, uh, Carly, I mean, Aussie Carly Ryan. Yep. Mm. Sorry, you were going to say something. Oh no, sorry. I think we were both going to say the same thing. Uh, Carla Ryan. Yes. Um, I I was really curious about this one because. Carla's had one of those, um, like, I don't know, like, especially in light of the news, I don't, I don't want to say anything dismissive, but, you know, it's one of those, oh, where is she kind of seasons, um, yeah. you know, and it, it turned out that basically, um, she's had like a really fucking serious infection. Yeah, she had a parasitic. She picked up some hideous parasitical infection. I suppose this is the problem with Australia: is everything really is trying to kill you. She picked up some hideous 
parasitical infection in Australia before um, before uh, yeah. before the start of the season. But yeah, I mean, it, I, it it's amazing because she's she's basically ridden a whole year and not really known what was wrong. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess in that kind of situation, you do you are happy to find out. You must be happy to find out what it is that is actually making you wrong. Yeah, oh, I, I can only imagine that must be a huge relief because obviously following identification comes some kind of treatment and, and hopefully, you know, cure or resolution to said problem. Um, and, you know, and it must must weigh on your mind. I mean, I was really struck by how she talked about how it really weighed on her for the year that, you know, where had all her form gone? You know, it can't just yeah. possibly disappear overnight, but then it starts to, to really build up and weigh on you. Maybe I'm actually not that good. Maybe something's wrong. Of course, it can go a little bit too far the other way. And I think when the when the doctor went, fuck me, mate, you should be dead. I can't believe you've been riding for a year with this fucking <laughs> shit. Um, you know, probably overstated it a little bit, but yeah. Because <laughs> that's how Australian doctors talk. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Except they swear more. I mean, we wouldn't like to swear because we might offend you. Yeah, you do, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, I I can only assume that she's somewhat relieved to have this diagnosis. But you know, it also sounds like it's quite a serious thing. So I hope I hope she has a reasonably straightforward path to recovery from this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was interesting that she was saying that, you know, she's got all sorts of ideas for how she'd like to run a team and things like that. And, you know, so it's like it's it's quite. Yeah. I mean, good luck to her. And <laughs> um, the other rider I was thinking about this week was Ottilie Quince. Um, Ottilie is a British rider who she she had. Um, she's basically she won the ITT in the road race at the World Tr- Transplant Games in Durban um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, retaining her title, she was the double world champion before, and she immediately she came back, had to have an operation on her one kidney. This is a transplanted kidney that her mother donated to her, and you know, yep, yep. If, following, if you follow her on Twitter, um, where she's utterly Q, she's um, been, she's tweeting from her hospital bed and showing pictures of stuff, and yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, I've got to say, it's what I love about Ottilie isn't just her own riding, but she is continually passionate about raising awareness of the donor registry and 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 how much how much it means to people. And it just reminds me yet again: if you're not already on your national donor registry or your equivalent in your country, please please sign up because it can be it can be su- it it's something that can will will change someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know it could it could really be you know one of those most amazing stories. You could be you know making someone's life something. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it can't be overstated. So yeah. absolutely, sign up for that. Um, interestingly enough, even with those two stories, though, um, you know, and not to not to disrespect the ladies in question at all, they still don't make my hero of the week chart. That, without a question of the doubt, has to go to Gillian Carlton. Yes, Gillian. Oh my fucking god, um, Gillian Carlton. I, I just have so much, so much respect for her. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gillian. Gillian is she's she's but she was better known as a trackie. She was part of the Canadian Team Pursuit squad that kept, that won a bronze in the Olympic in the Olympic Games last year, and she's um they've won a bronze medal in the World Championships. You know, she's a really she was an ace, ace, ace trackie who this year 
um, signed to Specialized Lululemon as their, you know, as, as their Canadian, as their Canadian rider, um, with her pink hair. Remember her pink hair yes. in the signing photos, and she won a stage at the San Dimas Road Race, and she won a stage at the Tour to Languedoc Roussillon. But yeah, she's got a blog on bicycling.com that's basically talking about how this year has been a massive struggle for her with mental health and depression issues. And she's taking a hiatus from road cycling to go and get some treatment uh, to, to get some treatment for her mental health issues. And yeah, I'm just I'm amazed mm. at this blog. It's mm. it's really it's really hard to read, but you know, but the fact that she's talking about it is so important, not just for herself, but for other riders as well. Yeah. You know, and and that's know about. one of the the amazing things. I mean, we've touched on mental health issues as they relate to cycling and elite sport um, several times over the last year and a bit. But um, this blog, as you say, it's hard to read, but in a you know in a good way because it is so honest and so raw and. Um, I really, really respect and appreciate that. Gillian does not try to put uh, a nice veneer on what she's talking about. She doesn't try to pretend that it's, you know, or, or downplay its significance in any way. Um, and I actually think that's really, really important, not just within the sport, but within society in general, you know. And, yeah, yeah, Um just amazing. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think. Also, I know this is one of your favorite points, but I, I really do appreciate that. For me, the I guess the really big sort of positive thing is not just that she's talking about it, but that she's made a, a very smart, in my opinion, decision to to put the rest of her season on hold and get help for these issues. But that she's been fully supported by her team and teammates. Um, in that decision, and I think yeah. you know we, we've talked about this before. Um, Specialized do a great job of looking after their riders, but it's really good to see that continuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and especially in cycling, when you know the narrative about cycling for so many years, and especially on the on the men's side, has been dominated by things like you know the the the, the, the you know the Stina affair and Puerto, the Lance Armstrong issue, all about team level institutionalized doping, where teams are not just encouraging, but basically forcing riders to take mm. things that are really fucking bad for them. Yeah, I mean, it's you basically know? abusing their riders. Um, yeah, and yeah. and talk, about, talk about doing incredible harm to their riders, not just physically, but also in terms of their mental health as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you you know you see about how you know Bradley Wiggins and the Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome affair, which can't help them at all. And then on the women's side, you know the stories about the bad team, the bad teams where you know there might be exploitation of of you know not paying riders and mm. you know as, as Bridie O'Donnell Donnell said in one of her blogs you know last year about you know about the teams where the where the where the much older DS is 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 fucking up. A young, you know, young yeah. young riders who get riders, they're the girlfriends. I know, and that is only a very, 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 very small number of teams. Um, I would say that's. I don't think that's at all endemic, and it's not, you know, and it's yeah. not the top, not not at all the top teams. But you know, to have that as cycling in general and teams in general, to know that there's a team like Specialized Lululemon. You know, we saw in a Yoko Teutenberg's blog. Um, early on in the year about healing where she talked about her depression but she also talked about how the team wanted her to focus 100% on her healing 
Mm. And even though it would have, you know, even though it wasn't, it wasn't good for the team. That's what they wanted. That was their priority. Yeah, yeah. And to see it, the same thing, you know, to see that they've that the, that the team's been so supportive of Gillian as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just well, and it's it's something that I have a lot of respect for, and and you know, it's one of those things that you know, knowing that does not make me think any less of the team at all or their sponsors. It actually, makes me think even more highly of them. That's a team that I want to support. That's a uh, you know, business who is involved with with really good and ethical and smart people, and you know that's what I want to see sport evolve into. Not these cultures of abuse and use and discarding people, but ones yeah, where yeah, people yeah. are really supported and looked after. Um, yeah. On on a I, I, sorry, yes. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say on a on a more personal note, I also really appreciated about Gillian's blog that I think one of the things that that was really important in what she was describing is that. Um, you know, quite often for people who don't have or or have not had direct experience with someone who has had um, severe medical depression, um, it's very easy to to not have um, a, a full appreciation of or understanding of what that can be like. And um, you know, as someone who has had his own issues with with depression and uh, its associated effects in my own way, I really appreciated um, Gillian's description of what it was like for her as well. And I think that was a very important part of um, of the whole thing. You know, in in the sense of helping to demystify um, what it is and why it can have such a huge impact on a person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, what I think is great is that for a rider who's not on a team as supportive as Specialized Lululemon, who may be going through similar things or feeling similar things, to be able to read things like Ina Teutenberg talking about depression and Gillian talk about depression, you know, I mean, mm. it, it's just, it's just, it's just, yeah, and it just makes such a difference. You well, know, and, and it's it's very interesting seeing how the different different sides of the sport deal with it. You know, I mean, you know, there are stories of of men who've had the same sort of thing, and I think one of the smartest things Gillian said is that there's there's almost a not a pre selection, but that that there's you know that sort of drivenness that 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 you know pushes a lot of elite athletes to really succeed and do well can come sometimes from. Um, you know, places like like this, you know, from the darker parts of a person's psychology, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and also then the the highs and lows, that sort of emptiness of even when you hit that achievement, then you you're still left alone at the end yeah. of it. And so, you know, there are very interesting psychological uh, impacts in elite sport naturally, anyway. So I think it's really really positive to see that um, yeah. elements within cycling in particular because it's you know the sport that we love and follow are really paying attention to this and and looking actively for ways to support and solve these sorts of things yeah hmm. i mean I, I do wonder how much of it is also about you know for trackies because i mean after the last olympic cycle bradley wiggins famously had his you know his year of alcoholism and victoria pendleton as well i mean i i can't even imagine what it must i mean i guess at least with the road you're getting to see parts of other countries <laughs> you know it, it's it must be it's yeah it's a very it's mm. a very interesting thing and i guess maybe this is something that i'd like to see federations be a bit better about as well is, is absolutely you know, I mean, but, and, and you know it's difficult because you have to be 
you know, Christy Scrimgeour, who runs um, Specialised Lululemon, she's a former cyclist herself. She's a very, 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 very bright woman. And, you know, she's for her to be able to look at her at the riders who who she's employing and and take their best interests you know because federations and teams they're simultaneous you know they they've got a duty of care but basically they've you know you can see why why they sometimes just push riders over the edge mm-hmm. when Wiggins, this is why i don't think it's a bad thing people were saying when wiggins has announced that he's going to you know he's 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 just you know that he's changing direction he's not going to go after the tour de france again some people were really damning about that but i think no hang on he's achieved it he knows who he is he wants to spend more time with his family he's he's he knows what he has to do to get there mm. and he's and he's putting himself first exactly ever ever castigate you know at the end of her at the end of her there's two things that she says in the blog. One thing is she says, every once in a while, the thunderstorm in my mind quiets enough that I remember how much I love doing this, but those days have been few and far between. And she says at the bottom, I'm doing everything I can to be ready for this upcoming track season. I want more than anything to be there on the podium of the World Cups, the World Championships, at the 2014 Commonwealth Games. But at the end of the day, it is just bike racing, and I need to learn to ta- how to take care of myself first. Mm, mm. Absolutely. And and it is one of those interesting things because I think a lot of the time it's really easy to forget in the pursuit of athletic perfection and of, you know, pushing the human body to the outer limits of what it can reasonably do. Um, and when I say reasonably, I use that term quite loosely, but, you know, in, in the sense of, you know, we, we've talked before and have very strong opinions about, you know, allowing riders to continue to ride with a concussion, for example, and, and stuff like yeah. that. Like, there's a lot of attention paid to the physical limits, but we forget that pushing to physical limits takes a very serious mental toll. And, uh, you know, there is something to you know there's a real reason that science is such a significant part of elite sport because this really is unmapped scientific territory where in the process of constantly finding out exactly what it is that people are capable of doing and how far they can go but at that same point you've got to be acutely aware of the the risk of of things breaking and snapping and and edges being crossed and and people falling over and um, and so I think you're absolutely right that there's a real responsibility for federations and organisations with administrative responsibility to really have safety nets in place and, and you know, look to protect uh, individuals, athletes as much as possible from those things. Yeah. 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 I mean, so good luck to Gillian. I mean, mm. it's, it's interesting because I still am waiting for the Mariana Voss book to come out. Because in, Voss... In English. In Eng- because yes. Voss's book, Op de Troon, which came out in Dutch last year, talks a, a lot about how she basically um, nearly messed up her seat, nearly messed up her 2012 because of, you know, falling into anorexia when she was upping her training but not upping her calorie intake. And she apparently talks about the pressures, the mental health pressures there. And, you know, again, if you've got someone like Voss mm. talking about how she, you know, how she had prob- how she had, how she basically had problems with anorexia and, you know, Voss talking about how, how getting getting it getting help for issues and, and feeling the pressures and stuff again that can that can only help can't it like yeah, you know, absolutely if- absolutely and also things like as you were saying you know like Bradley Wiggins making a really you know it's an informed decision he's a mature adult and he has every right to you know weigh up the cost and benefit of those things and make his own decision you know 
Yeah. And absolutely. And I think I think this is one of the things that sports fans need to be really careful of. You know, yeah. we're not owed anything more than the entertainment for which we've paid, you know, and, and that's it. No one owes you their life. No one owes you. And we haven't even paid. And to be honest, we're not even paying for it. You know, like, like I know we're paying for it indirectly, in, in la, la, la. But, you know, this is not something where we have to pay for a ticket to get into a football stadium or mm. where we have to sign up to, um, you know, to, 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 a, to a cable channel just to get to see the sport. You know, mm. Mm. it's yeah. I mean, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Go. I, I always, always appreciate the sacrifices the athletes make. And, you know, my best, best, best luck to all of them. And but especially at the moment, Gillian, Gillian, Carla. Indeed. And Indeed. Uh, um, amazing women all. Gillian's my hero of the week, though. Yeah. Um, speaking of Mariana Voss. Yes. I was slightly frustrated this week, Dan. No. Why yes. for were you slightly frustrated? Why were you not what? fully frustrated? I had a whole series of evil things in play that should have made you incredibly frustrated. Well, you, I di- obviously didn't work because it was the Mariana Voss has. Uh, there's a video. There was a video last week of a launch that she did for the limited edition Envy Live Envy bike, Envy Advanced. Um, Mariana Voss rides for Rabobank Live Giant. Yes. Um, and Live Giant make bikes, and it's the it, it's and Mariana's been racing on the um, on the on the Live Envy Advanced this year, and they've got a special launch of only. 100 Voss purple and gold limited edition bikes. Now, when I say slightly frustrated, I would never have been able to afford one, but I can't for the life of me work out how you actually buy one. Um, but they also had, which was slightly more in my price range, 300 only limited edition Mariana Voss NV bike kits, bi- uh, bike gear. Right, right. But and you still can't no figure out how to buy it. There's, the, there's no way to find out how you can buy it. <laughs> so, it says on the so, press release. It, it says on the press release. Go to the Live Giant page for more information, and then there's no information about it. Not at the shop, and there's no way to do it. And, and I asked people to Google in Dutch for me, and people googled in Dutch and said, "No, no idea. Sorry." All right. So what you're saying. So far, is that if if someone can find out how to do this, please please get in touch and let you know. Yeah, because somewhere out there there's like three hundred Mariana Voss limited edition bikes cycling kits and, and, and unworthy people are getting their hands on them. <laughs> yes. And people, that's not just because I'm just... worthy. People who are just fans, not people with their own podcast. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean no. Or people who listen to podcasts. Or, um, or people who read our blog. What we have we have more than three hundred readers on on I, a good day. I thought we had I thought we had one deal. Yeah, but Dan, all the people who come to us looking for um looking <laughs> for, for, for the um, Assos girl. <laughs> Well, shall we shall, shall we have a look at what have drawn people to our blog this week? Oh, please, please, let's. This is actually a game that Sarah and I play <laughs> generally during the week. Whenever we talk, there's always like two minutes where we're like, oh my God, did you see that someone searched for insert X something really weird? You know. Yes, generally, I had never realised that there's a big. There's, there, I've never realised that there's a big market for porn made in cycling kits, but apparently there is. So. This week we've got you know general things like women's cycling, pro women's cycling, um, you know 
Tian Beckett. Oh, Sarah Connolly cycling. Carla Ryan cyclist. That's good. Um, Tracy Gordry interview cycling. It goes like this. And then we get down to Emma Pooley boyfriend. Right. I have no idea how they do Cycling shorts on men and women getting fucked. <laughs> Is that the Google, shorts? Google, is that the, that's really poor phrasing because uh, you can't determine from the sentence structure whether they mean the shorts are getting fucked or the men and women are getting fucked. Google mummyanddaddy.com. Um, women cycling shorts porn. Girls in cycle short porn. Women in bicycle clothing. Woman looks like a centaur. <laughs> Girls in cycling Nick's tumbler. Cycling no knickers tumbler. <laughs> Not wearing cycling gear, bicycle pants, women porn, sexy women cycling apparel, sexy cyclist tits. Um, then we get to sensible things like Evelyn Stevens, sexy cycling shorts girls. Um, yeah, um, and and so on and so forth. And Topless ladies in cycling bibs, and yeah, and basically what I think I've probably done, why, why I think they're coming to us, is I did actually mention, you know, obviously when I had that blog about the Assos mm, thing, I mm. did possibly mention that she had a porn face and that she was topless, yeah. and as a result, these people keep landing on our blog, and Which, I don't know, I don't I, know, actually, I don't, think it's I'm what actually, they're looking for. Well, it's probably not, but I'm fine with it because they should learn about women cycling, like real, true women cycling, anyway. Um, although I do have to acknowledge that every now and then, um, you know, evil evil demon on on one of my shoulders does get the best of me, and I occasionally say to Sarah, "You know what? We could start a reasonably lucrative business. It seems like there's a niche in the market that's waiting to be filled." So, <laughs> yes, if you, dear listener, are wanting to make some cash on the internet, well, I don't know if you can make cash from it, but you know, if you want to attract a lot of views onto your site, then yeah. Um, yeah, cycling shorts porn, that's the way forward. Mm. Yeah, apparently the world's full of horny, confused cyclists. So, Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah uh, this week is going to, next week's going to be crazy. We've got GP Plue, which is live, 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 live. Now, when it's live, it's basically shown on France, France 3, France, France 3, uh, France 3, and it's um, in the past has been found through dodgy streams. I foolishly, bear in mind we've got the Mountain Bike World Championships and GP Plue streamed live. I've stupidly set up for my sister to come and visit me, so I can't watch any of these at all. <gasps> what? No, make your sister watch them with you. That's, oh. That problem solves itself really easily. She's at your house, your rules. Yeah, but it's only on the laptop. Well, she doesn't have to watch. She just has to be there. Oh, no, I can't. Anyway. Um, oh, come on. You can just sit there and ignore her. I mean, geez, she's your sister. It's what you do. No. No? No. Oh, wow. You must be a terrible sister. I, well, anyway, this weekend, so it's the GP Plue. <laughs> I'll put up a post on how to follow it. Basically, my top recommendation is on Podium Cafe, there'll be a live thread or a live-ish thread, and people will be scouring things and hopefully will be putting links. So if they see one, just go in there. On, you, can, you can either go in the front page or go in through the women's cycling section. Or keep an eye out on Twitter. I will be updating my women's live tweet list. So it includes anyone who I think vaguely might be there at Plouet to tell us what happens. It's always a spectacular race. My favourite one edition was a couple of years ago when Emma Pooley was out. There was a, fight, fight, a group of four riders, Emma Pooley, Mariana Voss, I think, um, uh, 
So Pooley, Voss, Emma Johansson and Judith Arndt. And Voss looks over one shoulder. And as she looks over one, her left shoulder, Pooley attacked up the right. <laughs> and stormed off. And you can see Voss tries to catch her, but is just exhausted and can't, can't make it. And, and, and Judith and Emma have just been destroyed by this. And Pooley sprints off, solos off to finish it in, in gorgeous Emma Pooley style. And oh my God, I love that race. And every year it's interesting. I'm, yeah, then there was the year Annemiek van Vleuten won. And she was out there because she was out there in an early break. And Pooley attacked off the front of the early break. Voss, who'd been riding for van Vleuten, bridged out of the chasing, chasing group reached the Van Vleurten group, which had Evie Stevens and a whole load of other riders in it, not only had she descended beautifully to catch that front group, she then jumped on the front and just worked her guts out to get Anamique to the end. Beautiful racing. You catch Pooley. Mm. Evie attacks. Van Vleurten follows and wins and catches and wins. Oh, my God, I love this race, Dan. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's not just because it's live. I mean, I, I do kind of think that most women's races are like this, but, oh, my God, watch GP Pluet, people. But, Sarah, I, I have just one question. I mean, I'm very moved by your stirring description of previous editions, and I genuinely believe, along with you, that this is a wonderful, wonderful race. But I have one simple question for you. If it really is that good, then why is your sister coming? I got the dates mixed up in my head. My sister's pregnant and, and I haven't seen her for ages and it's been a terrible... Oh, my God. It's I've got to see my sister. Well, Oh, my God. I love my sister more than I love women's cycling. That's quite disturbing. But oh, yes. wow. Okay. Well, look, obviously we're going to need to talk more about your obvious family issues off offline after we're done here. But Okay, cool. Uh, the other races, other races that are coming up, two races at the same time, the hilly Tour de l'Ardèche, which is always fun and hilly and challenging and difficult. And at the same time, the Bowles Ladies Tour, which is formerly known as the Holland Ladies Tour, the Brainwash Ladies Tour, etc., etc., etc. This year, sold, sponsored by Bowles, um, there's going to be stunning racing. I bet they'll be really good. You can follow Bowles right, Ladies 2 on their fantastic Twitter. And you're pretty comfortable uh, predicting uh, a fair bit of, of Kirsten Veeld action for this one, yeah? Well, it's going to be Kirsten Veeld. I think, I mean, I haven't looked at the start list, but I would imagine it's going to be Veeld, Ellen van Dijk, Luz Honewijk. Oh, it's going to be great. So, um, keep following us. Go to our site, prowomenscycling.com, um, and have a look at all the links. And yeah, come back next week and we'll tell you all about it. We will indeed. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we will catch up with you again shortly. Yeah. Uh, thanks, especially to Brian Cookson and Pat McQuaid for your, as usual, on point and excellent contributions to the world of women's cycling. Mm, mm. Yes, uh, I was promised there'd be whiskey. Fuck off, Pat. You're not getting my whiskey. Fucking. Uh, yeah, sorry, I've got to deal with these guys. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.